Have you ever tuned into the radio, found this ad of insurance and wondered, yaar, ye hota kya hai? What is this all about? What is insurance? What should I be thinking when I'm buying it? Why do I even need it? Why do I think 10 years in advance when I can live in the now? Decoding the future on this episode of Karishma Connect with me is Neeraj Gupta, the CEO of PolicyBazaar.ie. He tells me about why it's important to take a different approach to this dynamic. Think a little differently. What do you need to keep in mind when you're considering an insurance in India and Dubai? He talks about these different markets. He talks about Policy Bazaar, of course, and the way they educate you to find a better insurance policy. to get that journey sorted for you in no time which absolutely looks intimidating otherwise more than all of that he's this amazing professional who is so good at what he does that you can see the passion stream through every bit that he talks about and learn from him as somebody who has made it to the top in no time go check it out and until the next one i'll see you soon i'm telling you it's only getting one level up with every guest from here thanks to all those who have shared their stories and all those who are yet to share thank you so much for watching until the next one i'll see you soon this is karishma connect we are back every sunday and thursday so stay tuned and keep scrolling Neeraj for joining me on Karishma Connect today. It's a pleasure to have you, and I can't wait to unravel the journey of Policy Bazaar in the UAE. I have often, uh, I think, my first uh, interaction with it has been over all the advertising platforms and wherever I've come across the brand, and I'm more uh, keen on you know getting to know the story behind it. So thank you for sharing that with me on this podcast in advance. Thank you, Karishma, for having me here. It's a privilege and a pleasure to be here. most welcome the first question i ask anybody is how did you start where did you start and you know how are you where you are today what's so special about it and what was the need factor to start something like that back in 2008 where very few people even could have imagined so okay so when our founders uh, yashesh alok avnish and the team was looking at starting this up right so couple of things were becoming very obvious one there was too much asymmetrical information available uh, uh in india from an insurance perspective at the same time we had a growing middle class population uh which was not protected by any of the government schemes right so you typically have to uh, protect yourself on your own uh and they had seen in the international markets how the protection stories will play around right a uh, middle income group growing they have uh, huge aspirations uh, to access better services better quality of uh, facilities right mm. and as a result we, uh, they realize that insurance can play a pretty important role in securing that space right yeah plus what we also realized is uh, typically if you look at the insurance landscape of 2008 a yeah. uh, majority the insurance which was getting sold in form of insurance was morely on the saving side it was more on the investment side yes. rather than health health insurance which is a protection play yeah or a term right? right and what we have we believed in is the three aspects which is the death disability and disease mm. also uh, uh, you can replace that with protection which mm. is a very key sense for any individual to have mm. to protect himself from or his family from any eventuality mm. and i believe those were the important factors which mm. led to establishing policy bazaar in 2008 and what do you think uh, 
makes these factors so important? I'm going on an emotional front, but what do you think makes these factors more important for the consumer? And how has that also evolved over time? How has the meaning of that evolved over time, according to you? So if you look at a typical consumer, right? So, okay, let me put it this way. So what we are addressing typically is a consumer who probably as a family income makes more than four or five lakh rupees an annual, yes. right? Yes. That is the audience I'm catering to, right? So let's, I will, so all my conversation, I'll be addressing the consumer who is at that or above that level, right? Yeah. So what starts to happen as a consumer uh, psychology, right? When you start earning four or five lakh rupees, which means you have uh, enough to make your basic needs of food and shelter taken care of, right? Yeah. You become above that poverty or a basic poor uh, line, you're above that, right? Now mm. at that level, the biggest fear that you have is falling below that, right? Mm. What essentially means is at that level, you want to send your kids to a private school. Mm. Uh, you want to probably use private healthcare. Mm. Uh, you want to move away from a public transport, start to use a private transport. Mm -hmm. uh, move from a two-wheeler to a four-wheeler. Mm -hmm. So those aspirations and those dreams start to come about, right? Mm -hmm. And the biggest fear you have is falling off the curve and going back. Yeah. Now that is where what we've been trying to do and still continue to do is educate the consumer that how does an insurance come into play? Mm -hmm. Because tomorrow at that level, see, at a person who's earning probably four, five lakh rupees, mm -hmm. he's probably at best saving uh, 50,000 rupees annually probably. Yeah, yeah. Pay, or probably lower than that, right? Probably mm. lower than that. Mm. Uh, what essentially means if today you have a serious health condition and you have to be hospitalized for probably a week yeah. or two weeks, yeah. uh, you're not going to be able to afford it. Yes. Right. Uh, leave, alone, leave alone the tier one hospitals. I'm talking even about a tier two or a tier three hospital. Right. You're not going to be able to afford it, right? Yeah. Having said that, at the same time, if this consumer also is not earning, mm. because at that level, what might happen is if you're off work for 30 days, you're probably not going to get salary. Mm. Mm. Suddenly, your income stops mm. and your expenses increase mm. because of the condition. Mm. And you don't have a huge savings because you're at that level where probably savings are not huge. Yeah. So what do you do? Yeah. So the only way you can protect yourself and your family is by insurance, right? And, and what we've also seen, and you would have also seen numerous cases where a family goes back generations if something untoward was to happen. If the main earner probably loses his life or is bedridden or is having a severe condition, right? They can go back generations, right? Yeah. The other aspect, if you look at from an India perspective, is also see earlier, mm. we used to say in a uh, sort of a joint family system. Mm. Mm. Any kid was taken care by the family, not just the parents, probably the uncle, aunt, everybody, right? Mm. Similarly, if one of the brothers probably was sick or probably died, then mm. the other brothers or the family members would step in. And mm. would treat that family as part of that and the uh, things would continue, right? Mm. But now what has happened is you've moved away from a joint family to a nuclear family. Yeah. So there's no support system around that. Yes, yes. Right. Uh, it's okay, uncle, aunts are there, but then everybody has his own life and own uh, things to take care of, right? 
So what essentially means is I'm in a nuclear family, me, my wife and kids and parents. I have to take care or we have to take care, right? So then these things become more uh, important. Yeah. And you look at the policy with our journey over the years, mm-hmm. we've been trying to educate the consumer about this and we continue to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably it's a very serious and we somehow try to get the message across in some sort of a lighter manner, but that's the objective, right? That's the objective. And how did, how have you seen that change? Because it's two different regions we are talking about, right? We are talking about India and then we are talking about the UAE where this is completely different. The needs are different. So how do you see that connection? What's the scenario in the UAE market then with the marketplace like that? So so in UAE, what we've seen is, uh, so in UAE, let me talk about uh, from a term life perspective, from a life perspective and a health perspective separately. See, life perspective, this country is... Uh, needs a lot more education on the life side, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So when we started, term life did not exist in India. We educated the consumer, got that change happen. Or I would say we were instrumental in bringing that change, right? I believe the story in UAE started on that. A lot more education is needed because Mm -hmm. two aspects. A consumer who typically as an expat reaches this region, Mm -hmm. his mindset is, I am here for five years, make money and go back to my home country. But that seldom happens. Does that ever Exactly. And that doesn't happen. And the other aspect is most of the people who leave this country after 5-10 years, the amount of savings they have thought they will have, they don't have that. Yeah. Because this country uh, helps you in spending. Or <laughs> <laughs> has a lot of avenues for you to spend, right? Yeah. But what we are seeing is a shift on that. Because now what we are seeing is the consumers are, especially post-COVID, the reality has sunk in, right? Because in COVID, you saw not only from a perspective of medical reasons, but mm-hmm. also from an economy perspective that your job wasn't there. So you need to protect yourself. And if you didn't have a job and then you died, then there becomes a more problem or you don't have a job and you don't have an insurance also and you're hospitalized, then what happens? Mm-hmm. So consumers have started becoming more aware of that. On the life side, a lot more education is needed, which we continue to do so. On the health side, we are seeing a good uptake on the individual health. See how this market is differentiated from the India perspective. Here, at least the employee uh, is insured through the employer. Yeah. So whomsoever provides your visa, that company has to provide your health insurance. So at least on an individual health level, that is not the priority for a consumer. Yeah, yeah. What we're seeing now is a lot of people considering that because they're also considering possibilities. Okay, tomorrow I leave my job and if I have a break in between, mm-hmm. or I want to start afresh and become a consultant, open my own shop, then what happens? So we're seeing a good uptake on the individual health. Term life is in the right direction. More education, though, is needed. And how are you doing that education as a marketplace? How are you? in terms of your services how are you just for the audience who wouldn't know about the different avenues to explore so what we're doing is at least on the term side see in this country you have two three segments of consumer one consumer who's here as the bread earner earning here but Mm -hmm. his family uh, immediate family probably wife and kids are back in india right Mm -hmm. so he's essentially earning here sending money back home so -hmm. we're trying to obviously educate the consumer keep you build a lifestyle basis the income you have here, right? Mm-hmm. And your family is being supported by that. 
and typically as a human being what you plan is you plan ki okay till 60 i'll earn i'll build a portfolio but what happens to you tomorrow so hmm. we address this consumer in that manner keep your family is out there in india or in your home country wherever it is hmm. you're earning here but if tomorrow that stops what happens right hmm. the other aspect is a lot of consumers have believe ki okay i am here for 5 10 years hmm. i rather buy an insurance in my home country rather than being here because i'm going to leave yeah so that what we always tell the consumer is see you building your lifestyle basis your income in aed or usd hmm. which means essentially you need an income protection for hmm. this currency hmm. uh, so and we use various mediums typically digital social uh, hmm. mediums to reach out to consumers speak to them hmm. and create uh, more awareness programs more podcasts like this and uh, speak to consumers typically on the product category see our objective right now is to popularize term life you might buy from wherever obviously that's okay but as a concept because we genuinely feel at a middle class level these are very essential products to have a sustenance for your family yeah yeah very true and then how do you keep up with the because there was a time when you started in 2008 where there were very few but now there's a plethora of uh, you know if i have to mention insurance marketplaces or even marketplaces as such and they are all advancing at record speed so how do you in that kind of a market keep up with competition keep up with everything that's happening yep i i believe the best way is keep on listening to your consumers yeah and keep on building products and processes around that mm-hmm. see one thing that we constant consistently done and consciously done is uh we've kept the consumer at the center of everything mm. but also not only from an acquiring perspective mm. what we've tried to do is insurance when you talk to a layman mm. uh the moment you talk about insurance uh the uh top things he's going to associate with is uh they're not going to give claims or yeah. they're going to take your money so the connotation associated with insurance industry for a layman has been negative right right yeah, that has been because of probably the post sales experience mm-hmm. on the service level on the claims level right mm-hmm. uh, and what we are constantly working on is improving those experiences what we are saying is consumer yes you come to a platform you buy but uh, our role does not end there mm-hmm. we're going to help you at the time of claim we're going to help you at any servicing that you need with the uh, with the policy right we're going to stand with you we're going to be there we're going to handhold you throughout the process mm-hmm. and that is where we are consistently consistently working on and i believe if we continue to do that i believe everything else will take care of it right you have to be there for the consumer with the right product and help him when he needs it because at the end you are eventually selling a promise yeah uh, there is very, no physical good sure. it's, it's a paper right and at the moment of truth can you stand with the consumer if everything is right right mm-hmm. so uh, we've taken a conscious call on that wherever the consumer is we stand with him and we will do whatever uh, we can to help him out right uh, mm-hmm. that, that i believe that will continue to stand very good for us uh, mm-hmm. if we stick to and we will continue to innovate basis that and what are, what would be the three because for the younger audience who is not even aware of this uh it's i mean the perception for them is pretty much built 
with what their parents thought about an insurance policy, which often, in my experience, of course, in my limited circle, I can say is often driven by the opinion that you just mentioned that I would have to, you know, I will struggle with claims or I would have issues later. What do you have to say to that audience? What are the three things that when making a decision for themselves in the future, how can they change that by keeping in mind a few essentials that they should look out for? See, couple of things is uh, insurance, and, and and this is also at the industry level, right? As an insurer, as a distributor, we also need to do is uh, make them understand insurance is not an expense. Mm. Uh, like you treat, say, the moment you buy, probably you will spend money on buying a watch or an iPhone or a dress or a movie, right? Mm. You consider it as well, probably a casual spend or whatever that you need it to mm. feel good about it. Mm. I believe insurance somehow needs to come in as not just, okay, this is a cost for me. No, this is more of a protection. I believe uh, that is jointly we need to work with the audiences to do that. But that is how they also need to start looking at it. Yeah. Because see, insurance is going to come probably for those 5-10% who's going to make a claim. And when it comes into play, then it really helps you, right? Mm. Uh, the other aspect is obviously understanding what you really are building out on from mm. a perspective of what are your liabilities you think you are, what are your responsibilities are. See, I also understand that a 20, 25 year old or when you just finish your education and you start work, this is least of your things, right? I'm you just think about come it. to that, yeah. Exactly. What do you want to think about? Okay, can I buy the latest phone or could I go to holiday to this destination or could I just buy this stuff for myself or for my parents? Or could I buy this car, right? So we obviously understand that. What we as an industry are probably trying to do is make insurance discussions, processes a lot more easier mm -hmm. uh, for this audience. Because what we've also realized is this audience wants to do a lot of stuff on their own. They want to research on their own. They probably don't want to speak to somebody. And we're trying to make that happen uh, by making things more digital, by making things more accessible, right? Uh, but that's about it. Uh, I believe there's a long journey for us also. How do we get these consumers to start thinking about insurance? But if I go back at 20, 25 year old, when I was, would I think about insurance? Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that would be a too wishful thinking for me. Even exactly. due course of time at 25 year old, I expect a person to start buying insurance, right? Yeah. But there are certain elements uh, which probably or certain incidents in your life which starts to trigger those perspectives. Mm -hmm. And at least what we've seen from a COVID perspective, uh, people have become more aware of it. Mm -hmm. uh, this one incident had made people more aware about ki, yes, uh, protection is important. Mm -hmm. For example, pre-COVID, typically people would say you should have rainy day savings for probably three, four months of your salary, right? Mm -hmm. That uh, concept changed to having probably a 12 months Yes. Of uh, money savings, right? And we've seen the younger generation be more on that. Mm -hmm. And what we've also seen is they want to be very asset light. They're mm -hmm. not thinking of buying a house today. They're not, and they're like, okay, why do I need to buy a house, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, one thing what we've seen is there is a shift. Yes. They're more uh, uh, probably clear on their finances as we were probably at 20, 25 year old. Uh, mm. We would have an earning and just spend or not be aware of where we are spending. Mm. But I believe today's generation is becoming a lot more aware. Mm. Uh, they pretty much know what they want to do. 
so i believe we are headed in the right direction and as an industry obviously our role continues to make that uh, decision making make that accessible a lot more that's lovely and then another question for you and this is very personal to your journey uh, be it with policy bazaar or even before what made you trust the brand at a time when it, it i'm sure there would have been challenges and opportunities at a time when nobody really had this kind of a concept in the market what made you as an individual trust and i want you to go back to that time and also tell me what did what was your mantra to kind of seeing that okay this is a place i believe i would grow so much in and for the younger audience who's watching this and trying to understand how do they evolve to the level that you're probably already at today so what do you think has helped you come here so fair enough i still remember my conversation when i joined policy bazaar before i joined policy bazaar with the founder yashish yeah. uh, very interesting conversation we had about 5 10 minutes of conversation at where i was based out of bangalore yeah. and obviously this was headquartered in gurgaon i got my schooling done in delhi and yeah. they called and you call it a delhiite kid right so i was probably that a delhi kid <laughs> and the conversation was what i've been doing and do you want to obviously move back to delhi i'm like yes i've been uh, uh, wanting to do that said okay let, let, you just come in and let's speak and let's do stuff uh-huh. fair enough i was like okay, this is moving too fast but i told him okay let me come down and meet you So uh-huh. when I met the team, so I met uh, Yashish and Alok. Uh-huh. Uh, I genuinely liked the team uh-huh. and what their vision was about insurance. Right? Uh-huh. Uh, uh, obviously, at the interview level, you probably see and see only the good parts, uh-huh. and probably you can say, "Okay, okay, you want to present the best picture ahead, right?" Uh-huh. Uh, but I'll tell you my journey. At least in the initial few weeks and months, what I realized is. they were seriously focused on solving the problems of the country mm-hmm. uh, and i tell you that within the few weeks what i realized is any consumer complaint which came in mm-hmm. used to come to all people at the management level and i'll tell you honestly at that point of time until very lately mm-hmm. any consumer complaint you would got a human response mm-hmm. between 15 to 20 minutes somebody might be responding at two and nobody is obligated to do that yeah, yeah. but that is where i saw the consumer focus mm-hmm. uh, and it comes from top down right in an organization Absolutely. when we saw and uh, the entire culture we were made responsible for things it was not that uh, i had just joined uh, from a company or you too young to handle stuff but we were given responsibility and we were given ownership of things and we were allowed to fail mm-hmm. right the biggest learning that i have working uh, uh, with uh, yashesh and alok is it's okay to fail and mm-hmm. at times if you're not failing enough that means you're not trying enough uh, but at the same time uh, be very conscious about what mistakes you are doing learn from it and move ahead right and i believe the whole culture uh, as a team as a company that we've been able to build where everybody is part of the journey mm-hmm. and we genuinely are trying to solve a social problem by ensuring people uh, i believe those are the aspects which really uh, helped me with the organization and in general keeps me motivated every day to do this yeah 
I think that's what defines a startup that that's going to go a long way. Their, their focus on that very aspect that you just mentioned, I think, and the ability to kind of uh, be confident about what they're doing and put effort into it. And this was in which year, if I may ask? Yeah, I joined the company in 2011. And I believe at that time, fintech, startup. See, my, my point is your objective of joining a company needs to be very different from what we are seeing today, right? A lot of today's uh, decisions are probably on, okay, how much ESOPs am I going to get? Mm. Uh, how much equity am I going to make? Mm. I believe at that time, probably because those things weren't there. Yeah. So those never came to our mind while joining the company, right? Yeah, yeah right. It was more about, at least for me personally, I, I was working with an IT company uh, and I was doing the same work which I was doing pre my MBA post my engineering. I was doing similar work huh. uh, and I wanted to do exciting stuff. And what I realized at that point of time, like uh, fortunately, because mm -hmm. I didn't have any liabilities or any loans because my parents took care of my education. Mm -hmm. And at that time, probably the education wasn't so expensive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but what that gave me a freedom to probably uh, decide on is what type of work I want to do. Yeah. Uh, what ex what excites me as a work uh, what motivates me to work I believe that was for, very important for me then the financial aspects mm -hmm. and probably that has stood well for us and till today I believe that is what I still value more uh, uh, because what I genuinely believe if you're able to work money will follow at some point of time it's just gonna say that that I think your passion is what leads you to you know eventually you don't need to prioritize that first. If you prioritize your fast passion, I think you're going a long way there. Absolutely, absolutely. And then I'll wrap it up with one question that I love asking, which is because people have such innovative answers to this, which is if you were to explain insurance and break it down for a five-year-old, how would you do it? Ah, interesting one, yeah. Okay, I have to think about it. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it is almost like a piggy bank. Yeah. Uh, uh, for a five-year-old, that is how I'll explain. Yeah. Uh, you put in certain money in the piggy bank to buy something, right? Yeah. That is what insurance is probably for you. Insurance, you put in certain money, but it is not for you to buy something, but probably to protect you from something was to happen. Right. Yeah. That is how I would typically <laughs> it's lovely uh, and then choose the piggy bank that's most attractive and then head to policy bazaar i guess <laughs> <laughs> see i'll be very honest i till today when i speak to my family friends i tell them and explain about insurance and my objective has always been to tell them about insurance as a product yeah. and i tell them please feel free to buy from anywhere else yeah. if you don't don't consider you have to buy from policy bazaar I know I am a policy bazaar employee. I should not be saying that. But my genuine objective is for people to buy health insurance, buy term life insurance, because especially being in the insurance industry, we've seen more closely mm. what it can do. Yeah, yeah. Very true. And it doesn't cost much. Genuinely, it doesn't cost much in the whole scheme of things. It doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I would leave at that. <laughs> Thank you so much, Neeraj. It's been a pleasure. It's been a, it's been an amazing chat, but I've also got so much to learn from your journey itself. So thank you for sharing it with me. No, my pleasure. Thank you, Karishma. It was a pleasure speaking with you.